0: Time Podcast. This is a podcast all about doing content differently. Today on the show I'm joined in conversation with Alexia Leachman. If you've not heard of Alexia before she is the founder of the Head Trash Clearance Method and she runs two wonderful businesses. One which helps business owners clear the head trash and things that are standing in the way of growing their business and she also helps women with their fears around pregnancy and birth. So she does lots of great things to put good back into the world. But the the important part, you're gonna get so much out of today's show, but the important part is how she works as business owners to clear all the things that are holding them back. But that's not all. Alexia does content differently and she has tried and tested so many different ways of doing content she is a podcast person she's written books she's done webinars and has the most amazing content going out and it's all so incredibly authentic so i won't take up any more of your time i will let you go straight into the episode i want to know about the research that you've had done even though i know about the research i want
1: to hear you tell me about it i had some research done into using the head trash clearance method to help women to reduce their fears during pregnancy and birth because a lot of women are very scared of birth and they're really worried about how that's going to go and the unfortunate aspect of fear in the context of birth is it creates pain during the birth experience and pain is one of the biggest fears that women have around birth so if you can reduce your fear get rid of your fears then birth also means it won't be as painful. So that's, that's a win-win-win, right? So I was really interested in whether my technique could be, could be put to the test in the context of a piece of research, scientific research. And so that was what we set out to do with the research was to understand whether using the head trash clearance method in reducing your fears would, would, would bring back those kind of results during the time constraints of a pregnancy, i.e. sort of one trimester's worth of time. So that women who suddenly realise that they're fearful could then take action and do something about it before the baby arrives so that it, it puts the power in their pocket, as it were. So that was a piece of research that we did. But what we didn't appreciate really heading out to do this research was how hard it would be to find people at the right point in their pregnancy to recruit for the study. And this proved to be a bit of a challenge, which meant we haven't had enough people going through the study to give us the kind of data we need be able to publish but what we have got is brilliant data to, to suggest that not only does it work really well in reducing fear but also anxiety and depression which is something I really didn't expect to see in such a small study and so I know that I use this all the time with my clients to reduce anxiety and depression and things like OCD as well in my clients um, but to, that's when they work with somebody directly but to see that they're getting the reduction in depression and anxiety by working on their own using an online program I think is really really exciting and so so that's the research we've done and I really want to build from that to get more evidence behind the head trash clearance method so that we can start seeing how it can be applied to different things like one thing I really want to do right now is a study around needle phobia and injection phobia especially when we've got the COVID vaccine where apparently there, you know when you look at injection phobia there's about 20 to 25% of the population have a phobia around needles and injections to the point that they would not receive healthcare because of their fear. So if we think about that in the context of the COVID vaccine, whether or not you're an anti-vaxxer or not, it doesn't matter. Out of those people that are interested in getting a vaccine, there are around 20 to 25% of them that are not going to do that purely because of the fear they have over needles. So when you think about the rollout and what that has impact for our society today and what we're facing with that's really really a big deal so and I know working with people that we can get rid of a needle phobia very quickly I got rid of my own needle phobia I would faint at the side of a needle all my life I have, I have so many memories of doctors resuscitating me in a doctor's surgery from having fainted at an injection and I got rid of my phobia in less than five minutes and I've got lots of people that have emailed me saying the same thing so I want to get some evidence behind this so that we can start Enabling this to reach more people, so they can get rid of their fears and their phobias, and experience the life they want.
0: That's so cool. I think I yeah. need that. I do. Yeah. You know, so many people are not. are like. I'm gonna get it, but I'm building myself up to get it. Yeah. They're doing that civic duty rather than out of wanting. Yeah. To be, protected. and I think now
1: as well, because so many people have, um, some people have had the vaccine and they reacted badly to it. So I know a client of mine has had this, where the first jab she had, she was really ill for two days. So now she's really worried about getting the second jab in case she's going to be ill again. And so there's, there's the usual fears that people have around needles, which can be the sight of the needle, the pain, the sight of blood, whatever it is that their fear is focused on. And then there's also the fear of being really ill or vomiting or being sick or nauseous. And fear of vomit is one of the most popular fears. Not popular is probably the wrong word, but widespread (laughs) is a really big fear. So this this nausea feeling that people really don't want to experience um, is added to the pile, being ill, you know, and actually catching it. Some people are saying they're having COVID symptoms. And so all of this is adding to the fear of getting the jab. And so, yeah. There's there's a lot of fear just contained within this this one event for people that um, that we can get rid of very very easily.
0: That's so cool. Um, but it doesn't just clear like fear for pregnancy and pain. You do fear for business owners as well.
1: Yeah. So I, I at the moment I'm working a lot with business owners and it's really interesting the kind of well the fears that people have around um growing their business and, you know you'll often hear about the fear of failure in business and how people don't do stuff because of their fear of failing at something or doing it wrong or messing it up but actually when i work with them that a huge fear is the fear of succeeding at something you know if if this goes well if i sell a lot of this then what will my business cope will i be traveling loads well maybe not today but will i be away from my family will i um will my company what if i let people down what if i can't contain deal with the the volume these are the worries that people are having that are actually kind of sabotaging their ability to do their to succeed effectively in business, because they've got all these other fears about succeeding as well as the fear of failure. And so it's not an either or. You can have a fear of succeeding and a fear of failure. And together, they're just keeping you stuck. So in the context of business, there are loads of fears. You think about um, raising your visibility and being more out there, then you can um you know, people are worried about maybe going live on Facebook or doing public speaking or anything like that. And they're worried about looking silly, saying the wrong thing, sounding ridiculous, being not being taken seriously, all of these fears are going to be holding people back from doing things that can enable them to push their business forward. So the fears that people come up against in business, even like just being productive and being effective, um, people might be ruled by their inbox, for example, they don't want to not check their email every 20 minutes or whenever they see that notification in their thing that says, oh, look, another two emails have dropped in, must check them, you know, that kind of like, that obsession that means whatever task you're on, your mind flits to your inbox. Um, Because maybe they feel that if they don't reply, if there's an email in that needs their attention and they don't reply straight away, then they're gonna let people down. People are gonna think they're flaky, people are gonna, you know, and so what are people gonna think about them not getting back to them straight away that means they have to then be controlled by their inbox. And the minute you can like let go of your fear of letting people down, of disappointing people, of being seen as flaky, or whatever those fears are, you can kind of park your inbox and just be more present and focus on the tasks that you should be doing that are going to move your business forward. So the minute you start unravelling fears in the context of productivity, business, business growth, visibility, business sales, I mean, selling is a huge, huge one. You know, people don't, they've got such a huge fear of being rejected, of people saying no, of cold calling, of being looked, appearing like some kind of sleazy salesperson. All of these fears are getting in the way of people in their business. And so um, it's it's fascinating what fears are playing out and that are preventing people or sabotaging them from having explosive business. It's super exciting, I love it.
0: Because you did that really honest post about the fear of selling and how it equated to selling yourself
1: yeah so I when I worked on because all of my head trash work I always work on myself first because I you know you've got to work on your own stuff before you can really guide others on that path so I'm committed to my own head trash clearance journey and in my as, as a business owner I've had to deal with all of this fear myself so I'm always clearing my own head trash about where I perceive my own blocks and fears to be around my business and I noticed that a long time ago I've got a fear of selling when I when I did the clearance work around this a really interesting insight came up for me, which was how I associated selling with selling myself and as a female specifically selling my body. Now, I've never sold my body. So don't think that you're speaking to an ex-sex worker here. I didn't do that at all. However, as as someone growing up as a young adult, there was always that thing about, you know, if I went out in hot pants clubbing, what, what that said about what I was doing and the comments that you would have heard and and not necessarily from parents or friends but just that sense of well she's asking for it she's selling herself this this is where I had kind of firmly those are the associations I had with selling and I realized that I wasn't selling because I didn't want people to think I was selling myself and therefore my body and once I realized that that was just a huge like the whole thing collapsed in in a quite spectacular fashion for me and enabled me to just kind of just brush that to one side and just just crack on. And then obviously there are other aspects of selling that can still get in your way. Um, but just if you if you're not even comfortable with the very idea of selling because of these deep rooted associations that you're not even aware of, then no wonder you're not going to be able to do it. If yeah, and, and that's what that's why you're being held back. So um, lifting the lid on our fears and really kind of digging. Is really interesting because you never know what associations are happening there. Uh, but when you do discover them, it can really be super insightful. Like I, I've i got a dog allergy, right? So when I did digging around my dog allergy, it came that that really came from me as a kid when the neighbor's dog apparently went to bite me. Now it didn't, because my dad stuck got in the way and he ended up getting his leg bit. Now the dog put down as a result of this and you know when you hear about a a dog being put down we all know in the UK that that's an injection whereas I'm half French so when I was a kid I was hearing that the dog got put down and it was done if that's what you say in French the dog was put down and they say it was given the injection so for me growing up given the injection equals death Right. So I grew up not even with a dog allergy because a dog as a three year old came a Dalmatian, no doubt. So it's probably bigger than me. So that kind of really implanted that dog allergy. But because my body was trying to protect me, stay away from these animals, they can kill you. So if I have an allergic reaction near a dog, then I'll stay away from them and it'll protect my life. So that's kind of allergies. They've got good intentions at heart. They're just a little bit misguided. Um, But what also happened in that event was my injection phobia, because I learned that injections kill. So, of course, I would being petrified at the thought of an injection but I would never have kind of uncovered these associations without kind of doing that lifting the lid on the on the fears and 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 things that are addressing you and it's really in you know things that can get put in when you're three or four or five don't make sense to an adult because you're like well duh that doesn't make sense but as a child you don't you don't have the maturity to be able to distinguish some of these things and you just put them all together and that's where some of these really weird associations come in that that make it difficult as for an adult mind to kind of Unpick it and unravel it and make sense of it because it doesn't always make sense.
0: Because, and I think it's that word insightful because you are really insightful. Like in your Facebook group for the head trash clones method that goes with the book, you're always popping up with like insightful little comments for the people in there. that like you'd said to me, I have a fear of being seen. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I've got pink hair and stupid eyeliner. But actually, I think I held off doing this podcast because of a fear of being seen and when it was coming to do in the first episode I had your voice in my head telling me <laughs> telling me that
1: <laughs> but that fear of being seen is so so common and just thinking I like, you know when you think about what you were worried about being seen can you elaborate on what that might have been about like is there anything that comes to your mind
0: oh sounding stupid people yeah. to it and going She sounds stupid. Well, first of all, regional accent sounds stupid. I like, I actually sound stupid or that I'm talking utter rubbish and Mm. being called out as faking it was Mm. like, I'm just winging it through, through through doing everything was the huge knockout. What have I got to say? And it was like that. What have I got to say that no one else has said before?
1: Yeah. And the sounding stupid or being stupid or appearing stupid is a huge fear for a lot of people. And that's why a lot of people don't do public speaking because they might get called out for being stupid or sounding stupid. And I, I worked with a client on this once. And she just started a business and she wanted to go out networking. This is that thing where you'd go to other locations and meet with other people face-to-face. What was that again? That. No? 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 Yeah, it's such a long time ago now. <laughs> but you would go to these events and meet people and, and, and it would be really good for your business. <laughs> And she was really, really worried about going networking for her business, even though she knew that was what she needed to do to get the word out of her business. So we drilled down into what that was. And she said, I'm just worried about sounding silly and not being taken seriously. So we worked on that um, together. And then she emailed me a couple of days later to say, oh, I've just signed up for these hula Hooping classes. And I was like, (laughs) I didn't even know you could do hula Hooping classes. That sounds terribly silly, but fun. And um, and then she, a week later, said, I don't know what's happened, but I've organised a networking event in my community. Um, and I've just put the word out. And I've got like about 50 people interested. And I was like, this is a turnaround of events. You wouldn't even go to one. Now you've organised one. Anyway, it happened like a month later or something. She had 80 people turn up and she did the opening talk for 45 minutes. And it's now become a firm fixture, pre-COVID, of course, in the business community calendar for that community that she lived in. And there's no way that she would have done that before because she was so worried about sounding silly or being silly or not being taken seriously and these are just fears that were stopping her from doing what she needed to do and actually her whole business community has benefited from her getting over a fear and creating this event and so is the business and and yet it, at the root of it it just sounds like a bit of a silly fear you know the worried about sounding silly like since when does sounding silly why is that bad for business you think about someone like Michael McIntyre who's built a fortune on sounding completely silly so it's about owning some of this stuff. Like when we think about what is your fear, what you're worried about, Like, you know, if you're worried about not being, you know, appearing like a fake, being called out, winging it, some of the things that you mentioned. So what's the problem with winging it? Why do you care if people think you're winging it? The reason is because you think that winging it's bad. Well, actually, winging it could be really good. And why do you care if people think you're winging it? And that's where the problem is. Why do you care that people think you're silly? Who cares? But it's, it's because we care about winging it, about being sounding silly, about not being taken seriously. And so we got to take out that caring energy, not that we just kind of become very kind of um, the kind of person that just doesn't care about anything. You know, not that kind of not caring and being a bit of a dick. It's more about I'm not going to allow the fact that some people might think I'm silly to stop me from doing what I need to do. I don't actually care that these people I don't even know think I'm silly. Who actually cares? Because these things are stopping us from doing what we want to do. This worrying about what other people think of us is just none of our business. They can think that or not. Who cares? Just do what you've got to do. So this is where a lot of fear lies, is worrying. It's this worrying about what other people think. And if we can get over that, there's so much more we can achieve and do. It's pretty exciting.
0: It is. And it makes you wonder how many people aren't growing their business and aren't you know, getting the sales they need and aren't, you know, just aren't being as successful as they could be. If they went and dealt with all their fears that they've got,
1: yeah, and I think the fears that impact productivity are really interesting because we think about when you when you read anything about productivity, you read about really good apps or the bullet journal or you know how to categorize my to do list or it's all very external and practical and and but really what I've been noticing through the people I'm working with the people I'm working with is actually that the the productivity the stuff that really gets in your way is your mind not to be able to focus on a task. And so if you imagine that you've got the shakes and you try and pick up a glass full of water, it's gonna go badly. You know, you can barely reach for the glass and pick it up because you're shaking so much. Then when you have picked it up, you just made a right mess. You spilled it everywhere. You've got to go and get a cloth, wipe it up. The whole thing, just you drinking water with a shaky hand takes much, much longer. And this is what your mind is doing with a task. If you imagine your mind is flitting from, check the email, what, I've got to get back to John. Da, 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 da. Oh, but I'm doing this task. I'm writing out this brief. Oh no, but check, quick, check check email because I've got to get back to John by Wednesday. You know, so you kind of, your mind is trying to focus on this task, which is writing the brief, but there's another part of your mind going emails. There might be that email from John. And, and so, and in your mind, it's dancing about and it can't stay on the brief task. So if you imagine that your mind could stay on the brief task and not, be thinking about your inbox, not be thinking you've got to get back to John before Wednesday, whatever it is that is knocking at your door, knocking at your mind's door, then you can do the brief probably in 20 minutes. Whereas because you're battling in your head with the other things that you're even thinking about, maybe you're not checking email, maybe just thinking about checking email and you're just ignoring the knock at the door that is hello, I'm your email inbox, you must check me, you must check me out, there's an email that might come in from Drum that you need to get back to would Wednesday. It's this knocking at the door that we can't, that we keep getting distracted by. Whereas if you can just kind of ignore the knocking at the door and just do the task, then you'll probably get the task done much quicker. I think about my, my six-year-old, right? When she plays Lego, she is playing Lego, then nothing, you could ask her if she wants chocolate ice cream when she's playing Lego, and she won't even hear you because she's so absorbed with the task. Whereas my other daughter, I mean, she'll, 10 minutes in she's like is there any chocolate like anything else I can do like she's her mind is open to being distracted because she's it's whether the mind is up for that or not and when you can calm the mind down and stop it from dancing about you can then be more productive and what comes into the what's the problem behind the mind doing that are fears you know worrying about missing out on getting back to John or whatever it is the thing it's these fears that are preventing you from sticking with the task and so Working around fears around productivity can make a huge, huge difference, especially on the clarity that you need. When people are like, well, I don't know what to do first. I don't know what's important. I don't know, you know, that, that clarity they don't have that prevents them from really pushing forward on what needs to happen that's going to really turn their business around. So sometimes it's lack of clarity. And again, fears tie into that. Once you've cleared all that, you can then just crack on with doing what you know is absolutely the thing to do, because when you have clarity and you know, in your heart of hearts, what is right for your business right now, your intuition is guiding you. That's the best guidance you're ever going to need is your intuition. But we can't hear our intuition because of all the head trash that's going on. So you clear the head trash, tap into intuition. And you are like, you're on fire at that point. And I've seen it with clients where they just suddenly, they just nail and smash through loads of stuff really quickly, in a way that they couldn't do before, because they didn't have that maturity that confidence that they were doing the right thing pursuing the right direction making the right decisions but also the tasks they were doing weren't getting done quickly enough not quickly enough but they noticed that afters they were just smashing through them and just nailing loads of stuff on their to-do list um, in a way that they weren't able to do before so it's about really building up that mental toughness that mental resilience that means you can be a lot more focused which i think you get to a place like that in business and you're on fire like your business is just going to smash it if you get to that place. And people that are up for that, those are the people I really love working with at the moment.
0: Yeah. I just have to give it a second because there's lots of background noise here and I don't know how much the background noise is recording. I can't hear any of it. Can you not? Okay, good. Right, I find it interesting that there is a fear of productivity that I've never, I've never considered that before. What, in your opinion, is the most common fear that business owners have. What do you come across the most? It's
1: I think it varies for people. I think the, the there's fears, but there's also like when I think about head trash, it's about resistance and blocks. And there's often fears behind that. But if you think about why am I not getting my work done, it's because I'm getting distracted. So the distraction, my mind being open for distraction is the block. So I'm I'm up for that game. I'm up for the distraction game because I'm getting distracted. So I'm clearly into that my mind is up for that so you clear distractions and being distracted and suddenly your mind that's just a block that's being presented that's stopping you from focusing and being distracted is is kind of the opposite of being focused in a way so you're kind of at the other end you really want to be focused but you're not you're distracted so we get rid of the thing that you're not being um and then also there's a lot of resistance over doing the thing you really really want and i talked earlier about there's a you know we have a fear of success there's resistance over success. So anything that you truly, truly want, you've got resistance over. There's going to be some resistance over everything. So the trick is is getting rid of the resistance. Um, and uh, yeah, so the resistance being being distracted, being easily distracted, because that's taking me off my track, that's taking me off my, my productivity. But also, I really want to get stuff done. I want to get loads done. I really want to be productive. So whatever those things, I really want to be focused. So whatever the thing is that you really want, you need to work on that too and get rid of anything that's stopping you from achieving it. Like I work with a lot of people that can't relax you know, they're so anxious all the time, but they can't relax. They they struggle to sit still. They need, have to be doing things all the time um, because they've got resistance over relaxing. So we clear the resistance over relaxing and then they can actually sit and just do nothing because normally they can't, they've always got to be doing something and they're jittery, they can't stop. So we have resistance over things that on the surface are positive things, pleasurable things, things that we want. And we think, well, why would I resist that? I want it. There's always a part of it that we don't want. So we have to acknowledge all the parts of ourselves that may want or not want something and get rid of, clear it, neutralise it. And that's what we can do with the head trash clearance method is neutralise it. And then you can go for it. So with being productive, if being productive is your thing and you keep getting distracted, then you'd work on those two things. And it would kind of clear the resistance enable you to crack on. So that's how I work with productivity. And it works. It's appearing to have great results
0: at the moment. (laughs) And you're always, right, because this came from you clearing your own head trash around pregnancy and then you've shared you you didn't have to share this you could have just like sorted out your own fears and you didn't have to turn that into a business but you've chosen to share this with everyone else that needs the help and get research to back it up but along that way you're always sharing your person very personal side of things I mean I'm sure it's not totally totally personal like you choose how personal you share but you're always there's someone really honest about the content you put out there that there's there's no there's no pretense there this is you. you can see that it's you
1: and I think I have to for this kind of work because you know your head trash is our own head trash is very personal and if I was bullshitting on any level with my head trash people would pick that up and So I only share about my own head trash clearance journey. And and the thing about head trash, which I really want to try and encourage other people to consider, is that we've all got it. So there's nothing to be ashamed about. And I think that that's coming through a lot more. You know, people are a lot more open about their mental health struggles. But even the word mental health carries a lot of negative connotation. It's loaded. You know, the idea of going to therapy is loaded negatively. There's a lot of embarrassment or shame around mental health problems, going to therapy, needing support in that way. And I just want to get rid of all that shame. And actually, if you if you, you're okay with having head trash, it's like your trash at home. And I always relate it back to your the rubbish in your bins. Nobody's embarrassed about the bin that's full of rubbish at home, and nobody's embarrassed about the fact they've got to take their rubbish out every week. I mean, do you see people shuffling into the street late at night at midnight so that nobody can see they're putting their rubbish out? No, because everyone accepts that living life today involves having rubbish. You buy stuff that you really want and it comes bundled with rubbish, the packaging, and that you need to get rid of that. Maybe you bought this pair of jeans that you really loved like 15 years ago when they fitted you, but they don't fit you anymore. And now getting rid of it. You're not embarrassed about going to the charity shop with your jeans. They're just no longer relevant for you. And head trash is the same. Like when you were a young kid and there was, you know, maybe your parents weren't very wealthy. And so you were always fighting over the food at the table. So you had to be selfish. You had to be all out for you because otherwise you didn't eat well enough. Now, as an adult, now that you've got a good job and a decent car, you being fighting over the food at the dinner table and leaving your kids with no food to eat is probably a little bit overkill. So you don't need that level of selfishness now. You can let some of it go and throw it out. And that's what head trash is. It's getting rid of the excess head trash, trash in your head that's not helping you, that you don't need anymore. You don't need that level of selfishness now. So let's just get rid of it. You don't need that level of whatever it is. You don't need that fear anymore that was protecting you as a child because of whatever was going on for you, you can now get rid of it. So it is this recognition that we, our heads have built up a load of trash that served us once in some situation, but no longer does. And there's nothing embarrassing about getting rid of it now. The problem is that a lot of us have reached our 30s, 40s and 50s and have never, ever taken the trash out. So you can imagine that if you had never taken the trash out, what kind of house would you be living in? You'd be in one of those hoarder programmes where they can't even get through the front door. Well, that's your head. You can't even get into your head. This is what the hell's going on. Anxiety, depression, this is basically a head weighed down with trash. And the only way that you can start dealing with this is start emptying it out. And it's, and it's that's a really simple, That that is as simple as it gets, it really is. All the things that have triggered your stress, your anxiety, your fears, all these triggers, all these built up of emotion and trapped stuff, you just need to start emptying it out. And the minute you start emptying it out, you can start reversing that situation. And that's why I think we have these mental health crises of today is because there's not really been an effective way for people to just empty out their trash up until today. And so when you have a situation like COVID coming along with lockdown and restricted freedoms and it's pushing all sorts of buttons for everybody, it's overlaying a significant stress into people's lives on an already very stressful life situation that they might already be experiencing and so this is why people are kind of struggling a lot more now because they're kind of being pushed into a corner in terms of their head trash so I think a really great way especially for those that may be struggling with boredom right now and not having much to do I think a great thing that people can do right now is clearing their head trash because not only will that help them cope with what's going on right now but it'll build their emotional resilience and mental toughness for other situations they might come across in life, and and eventually build their their confidence so they can feel they can just do anything. You know, at the beginning when you're suffering with something with mental health, you're you're at that kind of survival place where you you struggle to sleep, you have anxiety, you maybe have addictions, you eat too much, you play you, you do stuff too much. Uh, you you know you start clearing and you start really getting feeling better about yourself, and then you can move into a more thriving place where you're you know you're being more effective, you're peak performing, you're doing things at that top end. But some people can't even dream about peak performance when they're at the, the, the struggling anxiety place and so it is a journey but it's a it's a journey where you can take little steps one at a time and each one of those steps in my world looks like doing a head trash clearance and you do a head trash clearance on whatever the thing is that's stopping you today that's getting you in your way today and then you do another one and when i work with people we work together really intensely for maybe a month or 3 months and they're doing loads of clearances and the difference that happens is remarkable in such a short period of time um, even with things that somebody I'm working with right now, and she's managed to—I got a message yesterday. Go, my OCD—it's really like it's gone down loads. I've got much lower anxiety levels around my OCD. I'm like, we're not even working on your OCD; you're working on your fear of birth and pregnancy. But the work that we're doing means that we're lowering anxiety overall, which can have a huge impact in other places in their lives. Which is really, which is hugely rewarding and satisfying as, as work well, to know that people are kind of coming out feeling much better about themselves.
0: Yeah. But we can all do that ourselves. But at the core of it, people have to do the work themselves. Yeah. They have to do it. And that causes negative reactions with people as well. Can we, ta- can we talk about your trolls?
1: Oh, my goodness, yeah. So <laughs> I've got so many trolls and people that hate me because I call them out on their bullshit and they hate me for that. And and the thing is, like, especially one of my niches where I did do a lot of work with women is those that suffer from tocophobia, And so that's the extreme fear of pregnancy and birth. That's what I had. And I was able to come out get over it using the method using the head trash clearance method. Um, but for you to get over your tocophobia or any any kind of head trash using this approach is you have to kind of walk up to the plate. You've got to first of all acknowledge that you've got head trash and then you've got to be willing to do the work. You know if you want to lose weight you don't just imagine you don't sit at home imagining going to the gym you go to the gym or you start running you do something because you know that unless you start eating less or exercising, that weight isn't going anywhere. No one can do that for you, only you. And the same is with head trash. You're not going to start feeling better. You're not going to lose your fears or anything unless you do the clearance. Like you have to do the work. And But people have a huge resistance over that. So they're going to, you know, they're going to kind of make lots of excuses why, that, you know, well, it's not going to work. I'm going to waste my time. I'm going to do it wrong, whatever it is. But in the meantime, they're very kind of, easily triggered, easily offended, easily whatever. And because of certain group in this market are very anxious, very, you know, if I say anything, they they kind of take it out on me. And I see that a lot to the point where people have like, they'll take screenshots of my posts and take them over to Instagram or hidden Facebook groups and have in-depth discussions about what a cow I am, because blah, blah, blah. And and we know that this is, I know this is more about them than me. And maybe I am being a cow. Who knows? But maybe I'm not. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't really care because I've stopped caring about other people think of me. And I know that I'm just trying to help people to get over their stuff and to be happier. And I can sleep sound at night knowing that I am doing that. Um, and if people are misreading and, and misinterpreting whatever it is, then that's 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 always gonna happen. I can't control it. So there's no point in me worrying about that. Um but it I do sometimes, you know, it does make me laugh. It also is difficult to deal with sometimes because someone could be so bitchy and so unpleasant. You think they've they've actually taken time out of their day to write a post that's really vitriolic. Wow, that's, wow, like really? And you think, yeah, no, that's definitely all about you. That's not about me because, you know, it's it takes something to kind of really take time out of your day to write something that's really kind of nasty. Um, and that's clearly, yeah, so I'll have to deal with that. And that's made me, that's how I've had to face it, my own head trash around that and caring what other people think. And I'm thankful for them now because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have worked on that. And now I wouldn't be able to deal with it in the same way. So our our trials are sent to test us. And actually all the shit that we deal with in life is just a gift. We just need to work on it. Somebody has done something, highlighted to us that we've got a problem with this thing. So, the best thing you can do is like take that gift and do something with it. Oh, look, I don't like people calling me whatever. Right. I'm going to go and work on that, clear it. Now I'm okay with you calling me that. Because actually, why get hung up about stuff if it's just going to take your power away? So, I'm just moving towards the new goal now is to be unfuck withable, if that makes sense. <laughs> and when you're unfuck withable, you, people can say what they want and it doesn't knock you off your perch. You can kind of just deal with stuff. Um, and your power doesn't take taken from you you hold your power and you stay in your place of power
0: um, I really like I, was gonna, I was say, I really like that post on the head trash site that particular blog post well, yeah, the formidable like, one yeah, yeah i was like this this just sums up everything about the content you put out and your attitude to online marketing is i need to do this i'm going to put this out there and don't care what anyone else thinks about it it
1: is a bit of a journey of my own head trash clearance, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think I'm unique in my head trash. I'm not some weird, like, like, special snowflake that's just got some weird shit going on in my head. It might be weird for me. And so, in the, yeah, but someone out there will have the same stuff going on. So I think by opening up and being transparent, I think that really helps other people to go, oh, I've got that. Right. Okay. Well, she managed to deal with that then I can do that too. And I think the other thing that I'm kind of conscious of is the head trash clearance method is very, very different to anything else out there. And so I'm also marketing the method, not just marketing myself, because I want people to train in it. I want people to learn it. I want it to be used more more widespread. I've got therapists that once they've worked with me, they want to train in it because they realize they've been doing therapy, trained in therapy for years, never got rid of their anxiety. They spent a month with me, got rid of their anxiety. They're like, wow, okay, I need to use this with my clients. So I have professionals that want to learn how to do this they can work with their clients therapeutically um and so part of what i'm doing is also raising awareness of how this technique is used giving people ideas about you know there's nothing really else out there that you use in this way so it's just showing people how it can be used and what kind of results you can get and then of course those that do want to work and use it like at the top top level that's where working with me will get you that um and apply, you know, using it in really interesting ways, um, which can create all sorts of um, magic. Like, you know, one of clients that are running businesses have seen absolutely like the, the rate of growth that they've seen in their business and scaling has been phenomenal because they've realized that it's all very well knowing how to do something, but if you don't get rid of the blocks for you doing it, you're not gonna do it. And so what I'm doing is getting rid of all the blocks. And the minute you get rid of all the blocks, you can just fly. Like, it's just like weighing, getting rid of all the. Um, you know, I think about the guy from, you know, the animation up with the guy with all the balloons. And you yeah. just imagine going through life with that bunch of balloons running behind you. Like, you won't be able to get through half the doorways in life. You'd be just so cumbersome just going around with all those balloons. And that's what your head trash is. It's just like, it's just slowing you down. And every piece of head trash you do is just like snipping off a balloon. And before you know it, you're just you can just zip around like the flash and that's what you do when you've um, cleared your stuff as you can be the flash <laughs> in business and start scaling rapidly in ways that you could never imagine before because there's nothing stopping you now because all the blocks are in your head it's all head flash. so um yeah for those business owners that want to be the flash that's a great tagline isn't it i should use that
0: <laughs> that's your sales page right there but it is something that everyone <laughs> needs because we have all got the the head trash we have all got stuff that's holding us back and stopping us from doing stuff yeah
1: everybody has I get people coming to me going I I don't really have head trash and I'm like you're either delusional you're in denial or you're the Dalai Lama and I haven't been told about it (laughs) and you dealt with all your stuff because you've been enlightened in a cave for 30 years yeah everyone's got it and it it's not always negative either like so people think head trash is negative, but like, if you imagine there's a family holiday to Disneyland, again, these are old times where you used to go on holiday. You can imagine the kids the night before going to Disneyland, even the parents would be so excited. Everyone would be so excited, nobody would sleep, including dad or mum who would be driving the car to the airport at 4am, right? Now that excitement energy in that situation is really bad because the last thing you want is mum or dad driving a car at 4am with no sleep, right? That's bad. You want them to be able to go to sleep nice and early and, and drive the car safely the next day. So that excitement energy is bad. So you clear this excitement energy, which is a lot of built-up emotional energy, and you can clear that. And then suddenly they can go to sleep and be calm and crack on and be safe the next day. So head trash isn't just these things that we think of as negative. It's also these positive things that are kind of just slightly over-emotional that are kind of getting in the way of us performing at our best. You know, the same goes for when I work with... Um, pregnancy and people are worried about pain the one thing we do is we start working on you know acknowledging how we the role of pleasure in pain you know you've got to get rid of your fear of pain But if you have a fear of pain you've got an equal but opposite amount of energy holding something at the other end so if you love you know if you hate pain so much you've also got some love energy for whatever's at the other end because that's how things stay in balance which means you love pleasure so you might love you know drinking wine or all the things that bring you pleasure right Um, but the problem is that when you pursue these things that are pleasure giving, the hedonist lifestyle, everybody knows that the hedonist lifestyle can kill you, right? If you take too many drugs, because they're really great, well, you'll die, you know, you'll, if you drink too much, because it's so much fun, it'll kill you. If you pursue any of these, these pleasurable activities, they could destroy you. But we don't really think about the bad sides of pleasure, we just think about the bad, you know, how pain is bad. So really, there's a good and bad in every single thing. But we don't always see that because we're so stuck with our head trash. We just see the positive sides of one thing and the bad sides of another. And we kind of think it's black and white, but it's never black and white. It's like water. Yes, it's brilliant for you. It's good for your health and you need to drink it. But if you like drank 12 glasses of water in an hour, you'd probably die. It can kill you as well. We know that water has to be consumed in balance. Everything's got to be in balance. Pain, pleasure in balance, everything. Thing. salt can kill you but you also need it in your diet so everything's got to be in balance right and we're not in balance and that's the problem and using the head trash can method can bring you back to balance on the emotional stuff
0: see i heard this on another podcast recently that someone was talking about how in our society we're obsessed with growth like business must grow the economy must grow but growth is only good to a point uh, but our society doesn't recognize that like if you've got cells in your body that keep growing that turns into cancer and so Mm -hmm. when we think of cancer growth that's bad and we want to shrink things but we don't in society have a balance everything is bigger and better and there's nothing stopping us becoming yeah there's nothing to balance that out really
1: yeah yeah and that's yeah everything has got a good and bad side so we've just got to acknowledge that that be open to seeing the negative in something, not just the positive or vice versa. So pain, when I'm working with people on pain, there's a lot of positive aspects to pain that we don't realise. You know, it's a signal from the body telling us that something is wrong. So you can go and get help. You know, if you you (coughs) created a big gash in your arm and you were losing blood and you didn't feel it, well, you wouldn't go and get attention for it get infected, and you might have to hit your arm. So the fact that it's hurting means you're noticing it, you can seal it up, you can put a plaster on it, now you can look after it, go and get help. So pain is good. It's it's telling you something that's really important. So you don't want to dis- you don't want to cut that off, that signal off. It's important for you to experience. So when you can kind of get your head around why pain is good, then you can also then start accepting it as a thing and therefore not fearing it as much because it's this when we think something is bad we then go to oh it's bad therefore I must be fearful of it but if you can kind of see there's good and bad aspects to it I'm not scared of salt I know salt is bad but I know it's got good and bad aspects so I'm not scared of it now pain I'm not scared of pain either I used to be like it was my huge fear for birth and I'm not scared of it anymore because I can see both sides and I'm in balance with it so opening up your mind to both aspects of something is crucial to helping you to kind of accept it more readily and not fear it if that makes sense
0: that makes sense it also goes so a way to explain in your stance and hypnotherapy as well because that is one not dealing with the fears properly but two, trying to ignore the pain that the pain exists entirely yeah
1: I think the thing with some of those approaches is that they start creating some positive beliefs feed and reconditioning you so you don't you lose some of the negative associations of the thing you're working on so for example around birth so you know birth doesn't have to be painful I can do it you know building a confidence and, and all of that so reconditioning it and creating positive associations so that's an important part of the work but you can't just do that if somebody's got a lot of fear you also have to address the fear otherwise you're just putting a plaster over a manky infection you've got to disinfect first before you put the plaster (laughs) and only then will it work and heal you can't just accept the plaster and not have cleaned out the the injury (laughs) you know you'd never do that in a hospital so why are we doing that emotionally so I think there's an important aspect you know when we're trying to change our mindset change how we feel about something yes there's a reconditioning and looking at creating some positive uh, beliefs around something but it's also important to get rid of the, the negativity the fear that resides the deep-rooted stuff because you just you can't just expect to put something on top of the other and, and for it to deal with it because the deep-rooted fears are always going to be there unless you go deep and clear the fear um I like to think about you know if you had a bullet injury if you got shot you wouldn't just put a plaster over your bullet injury you'd have to go and somebody would have to go in and get the bullet out and that process could be very painful and unpleasant but you knew you'd have to do it for you to heal otherwise you're just going to get infected and it's going to get worse so you can't just put plaster on a bullet injury you've got to get the bullet out and that's what getting fears out you've got to get them out and then do all the conditioning you want over the top of that as a way of finishing the work as a way of easing it and helping you to move to that that next step in your goal whatever it is you want to do but to ignore the deep-rooted fears I think means you're going to create you're going to waste time because you're going to have to go there eventually that they're always going to be there so you've got to get rid of them
0: So I'm just going to bring this back around to content now, because you have got what I consider like the most amazing full suite of online marketing systems on the go. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) very kind
0: of you to say that. Well, you've got two books, you've sat sat and written two books and had countless Facebook groups and being honest about the cost it takes to run a Facebook group and you're one of the First people that were going in there and saying these Facebook groups cost money, you've got you've done your podcasts, webinars, funnels, you can tell I'm reading all these at the top of my phone for last night. Um but out of all of that, because you know, you're willing to go out there and test things and see what works, what for you has been your favourite thing that you've done?
1: I love podcasts I do love doing the podcasts and I think when I set out to do my podcast at least my birth podcast was very much it was just a maternity project I didn't intend it to go beyond yeah it was never a plan to go and start doing work around pregnancy and birth Um, I just had something I needed to share with people and I think you know having doing a podcast from that perspective of just wanting to tell people something like I've got an urgent message to share with you and it's going to be much quicker if I put this as a podcast and having all these individual conversations with everybody. Um, and then you can find me and listen to it whenever you want. And so I really love doing that. And, and I I started losing the love for that because it is really hard to maintain and costly and time-consuming and, and, and. And also then you start, um, people start assuming that you're just going to be there creating loads of stuff for them for free. Like I get people request, emailing me, requesting an episode on X, Y, Z. And I'm like, mm, you do realize that, every episode takes me a day of my time and like, I'm not just, you know, education service on demand for free, like, hello, (laughs) you know, there is a balance between wanting to give your audience what it wants versus needing to pay the bills. And so, and I've noticed this with some groups where they just, because I've put up so much content, they just want more free content. And I'm like, Nope. And then I start pulling it back and they get really angry. So I get emails now complaining, well, are you on this podcast? that you, you said I'd get XYZ and it's not there anymore. Could you send it to me, please? Uh, let's rewind. That podcast is from six years ago <laughs> and it's no longer available. <laughs> and they feel really entitled. It's the it's the entitlement that comes through on some of those emails. Like, like I should be doing this for them and I need to address it as opposed to, wow, so pleased you've taken time to create this for me. I found it so useful. And I get a lot of those emails as well, don't get me wrong. But it's incredible how many people do feel entitled to this free content that gets put out there and how they get very uh, and upset if, you know, you, you create a space like a Facebook group and then reiterate the fact that this is your group and this is your line of work. And the reason that you're holding this space is because this is your work. It's like if somebody had a cafe, they wouldn't know, have loads of people just coming in using your Wi-Fi, never buying a drink. They don't fully appreciate what goes on into building online content and how you need to nurture your audience to kind of bring them somewhere. And I think there's a lot of danger in creating too much free content because you then train your audience to just expect it. And then I've had to kind of, I've, burnt, I've made that mistake and reversing out of that one is not always easy. And I don't think I've done it brilliantly, but I, I still feel like I'm reversing out of that
0: one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've just got... Vehicle reverse. Yeah, (laughs) 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 slowly from this group. Um, Right, two more questions for you. If you've got one tip for business owners on what they should do with their content, what would it be?
1: Um, Write from the heart. Not from the heart, but just rather than write the post that you think you should write, write what you want to write. Like the burning message that you have. I think. Yeah, and not to write the rant, but if there's a rant that can inspire something and your intuition, yeah, like I get some of my best content comes from when I just have an idea on a post and I'm like, right, and I got to write it there and then because it's just coming from a very different place rather than sitting there with your kind of SEO hat on going, oh, look, people are really searching for posts on blah, blah, blah. Oh, I need to write a thing thing about that. And then because if you write because you should, because it's the right thing to do, it just has a very different energy about it Um, and it it reads that way and there's so much content online now that I think the stuff that really does cut through is the stuff that's got that authenticity, that heart to it, the personalised aspect to it rather than the ones that are like here's the introduction, here's the middle and here's the end that's very kind of structured and formulaic and you know I'm writing this because I'm SEOing for these terms, is to really go back to being personal and it doesn't always mean about opening up about who you are and your stuff, but just your reason for writing that particular post. You know, there could be that you're writing about finance, but you really want people to understand this certain thing about finance because maybe there's an error that's been made, you know, a personal experience in there. You can still make dry subjects incredibly personal in the way that you write them, I think, um, rather than writing things that you, you're thinking, oh, I've got to have a post on X, Y, Z, because everyone's searching for that. And like, where would my blog be if I didn't have a post on that? That's, that I would advise people to do
0: excellent right last question um is normally when you make a cup of tea are you a milk first or tea bag first person but I know from your very honest con- uh, content online you have struggled struggled <laughs> Yorkshire tea in France so I want to hear about that as well
1: yeah I know so, so <laughs> your tea struggles you know, yeah <laughs> we moved to France um pre-covid just before covid and we brought so much tea with us when we came over and then we had to go back to the UK in the middle of the COVID before moving to a different part of France and then we bought loads more tea and then we ran out um and it was never really we never really worried about it being a problem um because you can just order online right you can just order online and just get stuff sent and, it, and we would in France be ordering from Amazon UK to get sent to France because Amazon France is priced very differently to Amazon UK even with the international shipping um, anyway Brexit happened for those of you that aren't aware it kicked in on the 31st of December and that meant that any online orders coming into Europe from the UK suddenly were being faced with all sorts of customs charges courier charges I mean loads of websites just stopped shipping to Europe so suddenly we ran out of bre- we ran out of tea like <laughs> on the 9th of January um, it was like oh panic and we were meant to be going back to the UK but lockdown and we didn't go back so suddenly we're stuck in France with no tea so I spent ages looking for tea online in France and they don't do tea like the way the Brits like tea so you can buy all the teas in the world but you can't buy British tea so occasionally you might find PG or Yorkshire so I eventually but all the online places in France were running out of British tea because suddenly the Brits that live here were just buying it and using up full stocks so we had about 10 days where it's like where are we going to get the tea (laughs) we're running out of tea running out of tea what am I going to do it's my first drink of the day and then suddenly Yorkshire tea came off on Amazon a box I ordered it, 10 euros. Yeah, bargain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've ordered my Yorkshire tea. Uh, it was either yeah. that or PG. Yorkshire was the obvious choice for me, to be honest, between those two brands. Um, so how do I like it? Strong, northern. northern. Good amount Take of milk. First. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, water first, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, so have you got a back channel now for tea bags? like a secret black just market today,
1: I went on Amazon again to reorder and they're out of stock again I'm mm. like this is such a tea is now a stress for me so I'm gonna have to order really massive quantities and just get one of those subscribe you know just find some kind of way of subscribe and save or something to make sure we don't run out I can't believe it's become such a stress
0: <laughs> I do feel that you've got no tea there I know, like I can
1: buy Heinz baked beans in a shop here, but they don't have tea. Like Heinz beans, two euros a tin, which is nuts, right? Because <laughs> it's 50p here. I know, I know, right? It's crazy. But they don't do tea. Some of them do tea, but we're not where we are. We can't find tea. So,
0: I'll it is some tea. <laughs> i will be your back channel, i will be your black market. Yeah, you but I don't
1: think you'll be able to post it over because I think there's real problems. Like, if you went to the post office, send food. It's not getting through. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I can't send you tea. Enjoy your tea life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that, though, so much. Thank you, Fiona. It's been absolutely fun, as ever. And I'll, I'll say goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Brew Time podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Alexia's work, then have a look in the show notes because I'll be linking through to it. Um, I want to just extend my thanks to Alexia for taking part and having that conversation with me. It was really interesting. And um, yeah, so next week I'm going to be discussing more about how you can create better quality content uh, so tune in for that and if you're struggling to repurpose your content there's a great little guide available in the show notes as well so thank you for listening and i'll see you next week